From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The rate of sexually transmitted diseases in the United States is at a record high again for the fourth year in a row, and officials are becoming more concerned about what is turning out to be a steep and sustained increase. Here to talk about this is Dr. Elizabeth Asiago Reddy. She's an assistant professor of medicine with expertise in infectious diseases, and she works in immune health services. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I just briefly wanted to mention that I also work at the Onondaga County SDD Center as well. Okay, right. And we definitely want to talk about, because that's where a lot of the testing is offered, right? The Correct. free or low-cost or no-cost testing. Correct. So the, the numbers that came out that we're talking about come from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, they're for the whole United States, but am I correct in assuming that Central New York has seen the same sort of increases? You are correct. And in fact, Central New York in particular has had a record of having higher rates than other parts of the state. In fact, for gonorrhea at points in the last uh, several years, we've had the highest rates of gonorrhea in the entire state, inclusive of New York City. So these are important figures that are affecting us in upstate New York, as well as in the rest of the country. So gonorrhea, um, what are the other diseases that we're talking about? So the ones that the CDC was especially concerned about and looking at were chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. Um, HPV is the human papillomavirus, and that actually is also an incredibly common sexually transmitted disease, although um, it has some unique features to it, and it can partially be prevented by vaccine. Um, and then another one that is um, being noted to increase in places where they're testing is trichomoniasis, which is an infection that mostly inf affects women. Okay. All right. Well, since the gonorrhea rates are so high, let's start with that. Um, it, gonorrhea is a problem for men and women? Correct. So um, gonorrhea is something that in women oftentimes does not show any symptoms, and that's something that you can see across the board with a number of sexually transmitted infections in women is that they don't show symptoms. So getting tested regularly is especially important for women. Men who have gonorrhea usually do have symptoms. In fact, they almost always do. So men can have discharge as well as burning on urination, discomfort in their genital area, sometimes even fevers. And uh, men should oftentimes will come right in as soon as they develop symptoms that are classic for gonorrhea. The rate of gonorrhea actually has increased more in men than women, and um, investigators aren't entirely sure why that is, but it, it was actually a 67% increase just over the last year um, in gonorrhea nationally, and we had about a 5% increase here in central New York. Wow. Now, are there treatments once, you, once you're diagnosed with gonorrhea? What do you, what do, you do about it? Yeah, so gonorrhea, it actually requires an injection, which is uh, obviously something people are not so enthused to hear about. But the reason for that is that we've seen increasing rates of drug resistance against the, um, the gonorrhea bacteria or, or from the gonorrhea bacteria against antibiotics that we typically use to treat it. So it's now recommended that gonorrhea be treated with two different antibiotics together, and one of them is an injection. And the good news is that when you have that, that's a single dose treatment. So you get one injection um, and pill, and then you're, you're done at that point. Um, and you would anticipate to start feeling better if you're not feeling well within the next couple of days, and that the infection should be cleared within the course of about a week. 
So um, it's, it's something that we, at this point, really can treat pretty easily. Um, but the concern is, like I said, that a lot of studies from around the world are showing that this is a bacteria that's developing increased rates of resistance to common antibiotics. Can you get it a second time? Yes. Um, all of these are, are infections that you can become infected with once again. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like our body does a, a good job of producing immunity to these infections. So once you've had them, it doesn't mean that you're protected. And then what about long term? Say you have gonorrhea in your 20s. What happens? Does anything happen to you in your 40s that's related to it? Yeah, great question. So um, gonorrhea is more, it causes more inflammation than some of the other sexually transmitted infections. Most of the time when you get treated for it, you're, you're, you're clear, you're healthy, and you have no long-term problems. What we do worry about is that in women, gonorrhea increases the risk of pelvic inflammatory disease, and that can later cause problems with infertility, as well as ectopic pregnancy, which is where a pregnancy would implant outside of the uterus and the fallopian tubes, and that can be a dangerous clinical situation. So that's one of the reasons why we take um, these infections very seriously is try to try to avoid those problems. Though, again, most people, once they're treated, they have no long-term effects. What about syphilis? So syphilis is a little bit unique to the other sexually transmitted infections in that it's not just a local infection. Syphilis actually goes throughout the entire body when somebody becomes infected. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize about syphilis, um, unfortunately, is that it is transmitted very easily through oral sex. So some of the other infections you, you also can get through oral sex, but maybe not quite as efficiently. So um, syphilis, we've seen a substantial increase, again, on a regular basis over the last several years. And um, we worry about it, again, because of it being, like I said, a full-body infection that can result in some more serious consequences. Again, not for everyone, but um, a certain proportion of people can develop things like eye problems, meningitis, um, very bad skin rashes, and all of those, fortunately, for the most part, really respond very well to a shot of penicillin. Uh, but it, it's something where the consequences, you know, if you have to go into the hospital because you have meningitis, then that's obviously something much more significant. Um, the other thing that we're really worried about related to syphilis is congenital syphilis. And what we've seen throughout the years is that every time that rates of syphilis go up in the general population, they also go up among babies. So in, in New York State, we've had uh, certainly some concern about that over the last couple of years. And in upstate New York, we typically were having about two cases of congenital syphilis per year. And in 2017, there were eight. Um, and congenital syphilis is something where a baby could either be stillborn or have long-lasting effects um, to their nervous system, including developmental problems, blindness, or deafness. And so, um, so that, that let me yeah. interrupt you. That's yeah. a that's a baby that's born to a mother who's infected with syphilis. Correct. Oh, okay. Correct. So there was a new recommendation that went out um, in New York State that women need to be tested twice during pregnancy, and that's considered to be a New York a New York State mandate at this point. So they should be tested as soon as they go into care during the first trimester, and then again during the third trimester prior to delivery. All right. And then chlamydia. Uh, let's ask about that. That's more uh, affects more women than men, or is that 
Most of the diagnoses of chlamydia are in young women. You're right. And all young women less than uh, 25 years of age, so 15 through 24, are recommended to be screened every single year, regardless of whatever history they provide related to uh, sexual activity, because it is still difficult for some people to report sexual activity to their providers. And chlamydia is by far and away the most common of the STDs that we've discussed up until now. So in New York State alone, there are more than 100,000 cases of chlamydia per year. So this one is really, really common. And chlamydia is challenging because it so often does not have any symptoms. So both women and men can have chlamydia infections without symptoms. And in women, the same problems that we talked about related to gonorrhea are ones that can occur with chlamydia. So what we are concerned about is development of pelvic inflammatory disease, which could lead to infertility or ectopic pregnancy. So short of abstinence, what advice do you have for people, men and women, um, how to protect themselves? So I really, really strongly encourage use of condoms. And a a lot of folks um, have commented to me in arenas where we talk about public health issues and STDs that condom culture is dead. Um, And there is certainly a concern about that, that uh, people are having less protected sex. Uh, Actually, it looks like in terms of numbers of partners and ages when people are starting to have sex, those have, if anything, trended in directions that would be more protective. So um, it looks like teenagers are waiting a little bit longer to have sex and also um, the numbers of partners that people are having overall, it looks like is actually similar or going down. Um, But what does seem to be happening is that protected sex seems to be less and less. Um, And a condom would protect you from Against all all of of these, these. absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So how would a person know whether their partner's infected with one of these diseases? Great question. And many times you really don't know. So there, certainly if, if you notice that somebody has a sore, um, then that would be something of concern. But really most of the time this is not something you'd be able to see on your partner. And it's a matter of, of thinking about getting regularly tested and getting tested especially if possible before you have sex. Now, yes, you, wanted, you, you mentioned testing. Um, where is that done can people just at their doctor's office or are there Absolutely. other places? Okay. Yeah, so uh, so we really encourage people to talk with their primary care providers about um, sexual activity, about STD testing, and that's unfortunately something that oftentimes is not happening and that we think is contributing to increased rates of STDs is that people don't feel comfortable getting tested in regular care environments, um, although certainly we hope that providers and patients can talk about this as because it's an important part of health. Right, especially um, if the provider brings it up. We would love that. I would absolutely love that. And I really, really encourage providers to do that. Here in Onondaga County, we also have the STD Center. um, And there's testing at STD Center on a walk-in basis every day except Wednesdays, every weekday. I apologize, except Wednesdays. Um, And you can call their main line, which is available on the web. You can look up their number and call them for the specific hours that testing is done. That's through the Onondaga County Health Department? Correct. Yep. And the, the clinic is in the uh, civic center. Okay. So yeah. anyone can go there um, any age? Yeah, any age. I mean, 13 and up typically would be patients who we would see um, because of uh, our, our demographics, but anyone can go there. Yeah. Now, is the point of testing because so many of these diseases don't really have symptoms, so you, you wouldn't know you have it? if you didn't get tested? And then if you do test positive, what happens? 
So, um, for example, at SDD Center, we treat you then and there if, if you test positive. Um, there are some tests that we need to wait for the results. And depending on what the results are, we could either call a prescription into your pharmacy or have you come back in for free treatment at the center. Um, and another really important point that I want to bring up is partner therapy. So when, whenever someone has a sexually transmitted infection, it came from somewhere, right? And what we're finding is that uh, there's kind of a broken link here with uh, a lot of people not getting their partners tested or treated. And that's one of the things that I think uh, health departments are particularly good at and that we really need good public health funding for. So that if you test positive, then some, somehow your partners need to be notified. Correct. Or, Correct. So ideally, we, you know, it's great if you're able to inform your partners. If you go to the health department, then the health department can also anonymously inform partners. So if you're able to provide information to the health department, they can call somebody and say, hey, you know what, we found out that you've been exposed to X, Y, or Z, and we can offer you a free treatment if you come in. Um, in addition, actually, people can get prescriptions without names on them to give to partners uh, for chlamydia specifically. So chlamydia, as we said, is the most common STD in New York State and throughout the country. And um, chlamydia, actually, um, because it can be treated with a single dose of a pill, you can give that prescription to somebody to say, go ahead and give this to your partner so that they can take it as well. And that can really help people who are busy, afraid, uh, don't have access, et cetera, to make sure that they get treated and the chain of infection stops. Well, that's great to know. This is very good information. I appreciate you sharing this with our listeners. My guest has been infectious disease and immune health specialist, Dr. Elizabeth Asiago-Reddy. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.